So I've told you before that uh, I am not a runner, that I don't run, uh, obviously, but uh, I do not run. Uh, In fact, if you ever see me running, I've told you this before, if you ever see me running, it means you need to start running because there is something chasing us. Could be a bear, zombies, Tyrannosaurus Rex, I don't know, uh, but something is chasing us and we need to start running. You need to start running with me, uh, hopefully slower than me, so that whatever catches catches you before it catches me. So um, I am not a runner. Now this is not a, this is not like permanently true. This is not forever true. I, I did run once. Uh, it was in gym class in, as a freshman in high school down at Crown Point High School. I ran as a freshman once. I was not on a track team. I was not on a cross-country team. Heavens no. But uh, I ran once in gym class. Uh, and we were running a distance race. Okay, so it was, and it's not like a long distance race. It was the 400 meters. And so we're just learning about track and field in this, in this uh, uh, sec- session of, of gym class. And so we're going to run the 400 meters. Now, it's just one time around the track. I'm, look, I'm surveying the track going, it's not that big. It's not that bad. How bad can it be? Now, the world record for 400 meters is 43.03 seconds. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's good. Uh, I, I came nowhere near that. But uh, so this is what happens. So I, I, I line up at the starting line, and this is my stance. I've seen it on TV. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I got my stance. Okay, go. Uh, on your mark, get set, go. And, and I, I take off. I mean, I just, I just tear out of the blocks, and, and I'm running as, as fast as I can. Which, how many of you have ever run 400 meters before? What is the dumbest thing you can do? <laughs> Run as fast as you can. <laughs> no pacing. No, 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 nothing. Just, just running. And I, I, I'm like Forrest Gump. I hear this. Run, Sean, run. And so I'm just, uh, and I'm, I'm out in front of everybody. I'm like, I'm good at this. Maybe I should take up running. I'm doing great. And so I'm running as fast as I can, uh, you know, around the track. And so I go through the first turn and I, I feel great. I go through the second turn. I'm feeling good. I get to the halfway through the back stretch. And I slowed to a snail's pace. I'm like, this is hard. This stinks. I hate this. This is why I don't run. This is all. And the, the crowd, the pack has caught up to me and is now passing me. Because they, they understand how to run. I have no idea what I'm doing. And so finally, in like 59 seconds, like 16 seconds faster, than, slower than the world record, I finally cross the finish line and collapse on the other side. Now, the important thing is, is that I did finish the race even if I looked like a turtle doing it at the end. But I, I did finish the race, so I was very proud of myself. Um, now, I can't imagine, I just cannot even imagine, how many, has anybody here ever run a marathon or like a half marathon? Many marathon? Yeah, all right, you are insane, okay? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how you could do that. I just don't get how you could possibly, I don't even like to drive 26 miles, let alone run 26 miles or even walk 26 miles. There's just no way on earth that, uh, just no way. No, I, I, I can't even imagine trying to do that. With my knees and my hip and uh, 44, I, I was 15 at the time and I couldn't run 400 meters. Well, I want to talk to you about running a race today. We're going to uh, talk about running a race and what it means to, to run the race of faith. Because I, I think we're all, in a, we're all in a race. And we're all running a race of faith. What do, what, even if you don't have faith, if you don't have faith in God or faith in Jesus, you're still running a race of faith. You've got you to believe something. And everybody believes something. And, and sometimes it, it, you're not there yet. Maybe you're, 
exploring faith, or maybe you're asking questions and you're, you're trying to figure out what it is that you believe and you just started running this race. And maybe today's your first time, that you know, first time setting foot in a church and you said, you know what, I, I've never been to church before, but it's 2018 and I got to check it out. I got I to gotta do something. Uh, I, I want to start running a race of faith. And, and if this is your first time here or this is your first time in a church, awesome. We're so glad you're here. And, and we're just so uh, glad that you've joined us here at GFCC today as you start your journey of faith, as you start your race of faith. We're, we're, we're pleased as punch. We're just thrilled. Um, now, when it comes to this race of faith that we're on, this, this running this race of faith, it, it can be difficult to keep going. You know, if, you're, if you've ever run any sort of distance, you know, there's a point where you, where you hit the wall. And you think, I don't know that I can keep going. For me, that was at 250 meters. <laughs> but you hit that wall, and you don't know, I, I don't know if I can keep going. And in the race of faith, in our lives, we sometimes hit a wall. And we'll think, I, I don't know that I can keep going. You know, my, my life is not turning out the way I wanted it to. Uh, my faith isn't growing the way that I thought it would. I, I, I don't know all the answers. I, I don't have any of the answers, it feels like, and... And life is getting really difficult and really hard. I'm thinking about giving up. Well, I don't know where you're at today on, on your race. I don't know you're five miles in, 10 miles in. Maybe you're 250 meters in. And maybe you feel like you're hitting a wall. And today I want to talk with you about pressing on, persevering, and keep going. Um, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3, the second half of the chapter. Last week we looked at the first half of the chapter. We took a look at where we've been in 2017. Now, one of the things that we're doing uh, here at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, is we're taking a look at what's next. Uh, last week, we looked back. This week, we're looking forward. We're going to see what God is going to do in the life of our church, and not just in the life of our church family, but in the life of us as individuals this year, what He wants to do in our lives in 2018. So we're in Philippians chapter 3. This is a, a church that Paul started and a church that Paul loved. Uh, and so the Apostle Paul is going to tell them uh, uh, about why he's not going to look in the past anymore, why he's not going to look back anymore, why he's going to start keep looking forward, and why he's going to keep pressing on and moving forward into the future. Uh, so if you brought a Bible, great. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. If you're watching online, turn to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. Uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 832. Or you can always use your favorite app on your smartphone or tablet. Or uh, the words will be up here on the screen as well. We'll give you lots of different options to follow along. Uh, so we are in Philippians 3. I want to look at uh, the first couple of verses. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. He says, Not that I have already obtained all this. And he's talking about uh, becoming like Jesus in his resurrection from the dead. He's like, Haven't obtained all this, or I have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now you'll notice that there's a phrase that he uses twice in these three verses, and it is the phrase, press on. And the, uh, the New Testament was written in ancient Greek, and the ancient Greek word for press on is this word, dioko. It's this word dioko, and it literally means to press on, press forward, or to pursue. Uh, it means a pursuit. And uh, if you've ever 
uh, run a race, you know that there is a prize that you're running after and you have to press on and press forward sometimes. You got to continuously pursue. And the way this Greek word is used in this passage, this dioko, is uh, it's a continuous action. It's a continual pressing on, a continual pressing forward. It is a continual pursuit. It is not a one-time shot. Being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, is not a, a sprint. It's not a, a quick burst of, of faith, and then you're done. It is a continual running, a continual pursuit, a continual pressing forward in faith. And that can be hard. But Paul says... I haven't obtained everything that I'm going to get. I haven't gotten to the place where I need to be just yet. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep moving forward. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about what's in the past. I'm not going to rest on my laurels. I'm not going to become complacent. I'm not going to become content. I'm going to keep pressing forward into the future because what God has for me is better than what lies behind me. Okay? Let's keep going. Verses 15 and 16. He says, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things, that the past is in the past, and it's, not, uh, it's nothing compared to the future that God has for us. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Now, as a church family, we're going to run into some things where we don't agree. There may be some things, that the decisions that the leaders make that you think, man, I just wouldn't have done it that way, or I don't agree with that decision. Uh, I'm going to preach a sermon that's going to kind of step on your toes a little bit. I don't know that I agree with Sean. I don't know if I like that sermon that he preached today. Uh, you should always like my sermons, by the way. Um, it makes me feel good. Um, but there may be things that we disagree on. There may be things that we, we can't agree on, uh, but we're going to pray and ask God to clarify things for us, that through the Holy Spirit and through His Holy Word, uh, God is going to make things clear to us so that we can be on the same page and keep moving forward together in faith. Because we're a family here. We're a growing family. We're a great big growing family. But we're family. And we want you to be part of our family. And, and we want you to find a home here. And, and so we're going to keep forward, keep moving forward and keep pressing on and keep going together uh, all the way to heaven. Because that's where we're going. And we'll talk about that here in this next passage. Look at verse 17. It says, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as, often, for as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So we have a promise and we have a home. And this world is not it. Our promise and our home is in heaven. He says our citizenship is in heaven. That's where we belong. We are citizens of heaven. We're just, we're just aliens down here. We're just... Uh, travelers. We're just pilgrims. We're just passing through here on earth. What God has in store for us is heaven. And that's where we belong. But until we get there, until he transforms our lowly bodies, imagine this, okay, your body will be transformed. When Christ returns and you go to heaven, when you go to live forever with Jesus, your body will be transformed. So all that pain that you wake up with in the morning, that hip pain that I feel in the morning, when I feel like I'm 74 instead of 44, that hip pain, oh, gone. No more hip pain. 
Hallelujah. That back pain that you've got, no more back pain. Pain in your ankle, your knee, pain in your head, migraines, gone. Headaches, broken heart, gone. All that remains is heaven. And the promise of heaven is no more pain. God will transform these lowly bodies and make them like the Lord Jesus' glorious body. That's the hope that we have. That's the prize that we're running for. That is the prize we are running toward. We're, we're not home yet. We've got to keep running this race. And like I said, it's more like a marathon than it is like a sprint. And so we've got to keep running. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep pressing on. We've got to keep pressing forward. We can't give up. You may hit the wall, but you can't give up. Because our citizenship, he says, is in heaven. And now the tragic news about this passage, the tra tragic news about this last little bit, is that not everyone's destiny is heaven. In fact, he says, their destiny, those who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, those who are not following Jesus, their destiny is destruction, Paul says. He says, I say, and he, and he doesn't take pride in that. He says, I say it even now with tears. It broke his heart. The people who don't know Jesus aren't going to heaven. And it should break our hearts too. It should break our hearts that we know people who don't know Jesus yet. And that their destiny is destruction. And I don't know about you, but I can't let that happen. I can't. And neither can you. If there are people in your life that you love and that you know who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they've never believed in Him or, or put their faith and trust in Him, and they've never uh, confessed Him as Savior and Lord, they've, they've never repented of their sins, they've never been baptized, and, and, and people that you know who don't know Jesus yet, we've got to tell them. We've got to bring them with us, because we're going to heaven. That's where we're going. You can wake up every day with the knowledge, with the, with the joyful knowledge that you're going to heaven. But at the same time, it should break your heart that there are people who are not. And we got to let them know. we got to tell them. we got to share the good news that they can go to heaven with them. Our citizenship is in heaven, but not everyone else's is. And until every knee bows and every tongue confesses Christ as Savior and Lord, until every knee bows, we have a job to do. That's what I want to talk about for the balance of our time. We have to grow in faith. Uh, we have to grow in faith as individuals, and we have to grow in faith as a church in 2018. So I want to talk about how we can do that. Uh, I, I have some, uh, I want to talk about us as individuals, and I want to talk about us as a church, and how we can grow in 2018, and how we can grow in faith. And, and you know, there are some obstacles. I want to talk about some obstacles and some strategies. And so there are some obstacles to growing in faith as an individual in 2018 that you're going to face. These obstacles will come along. It's kind of like hitting the wall in your, in your race that you're running. And the first obstacle is time. The first obstacle you're going to run into is time. Now, I got a question for you. Uh, if you go to church one hour a week, and that's the only time you spend with God all week long, do you know how much time that is in percentage? 0.6%. You get 168 hours in a week. Every single one of us does. We all get 168 hours in a week. And if you spend one hour a week with God, that's 0.6%. Six-tenths of 1% is how much time you spend with God. What kind of a relationship can you expect to have with God 
if you only spend 0.6% of your time with him. I mean, could you imagine only spending 0.6% of your time with your spouse? And some of you are thinking, why, yes, I can. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Sign me up for that one. No. What kind of relationship would you have with your spouse? And you're thinking, a better one than I got now. No. If you only spent 0.6% of your time with your spouse, or 0.6% of your time with your kids, or 0.6% of your time with your grandkids, or 0.6% of the time with your friends. If you only spend 0.6% of your time with someone, you're not going to have a very good relationship with them. So if you, want to sp- if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you've got to spend more than 0.6% of your time with Him. So time can be an obstacle. Because we, we're busy. But we can never be too busy for God. We can never be too busy for Jesus. So invest your time in your relationship with God. Invest your time in your faith. A second obstacle uh, is priorities. And this kind of goes along with time. Because if you check your your wallet, or if you check your uh, bank statement, if you check your calendar, you'll see what your priorities are. It's what you spend your money on, and it's it's where you spend your time. Those are your number one priorities. Those are your, your top priorities. It's what you spend your money on, and it's where you spend your time. And the more time and the more money you spend on something, that indicates how much of a priority it is. So where is God in your priorities? Where is God in your priorities? What, what takes precedence over God in your life? Is it your family? Is it your job? Uh, is it recreation or leisure? Is it sports? Do those things take precedent when it comes to priorities? Do those things take precedent over God? None of those things in and of themselves are bad. There's nothing wrong with family. There's nothing wrong with, with going to work. Some of you are like, hey, I could spend 0.6% of my time with work. That'd be great. What is your priority in life? Is it growing in faith? I'm telling you right now, your faith is the only thing that's going to last forever. Because God is the only thing that lasts forever. All the stuff of this earth, all the things of earth, you know, the things that we worry about, we obsess about, they don't last. They're only temporary. Faith, faith in Christ lasts forever. So what are you going to work on? Work on your faith. Make it a priority. We've got some strategies for how to do that. Three strategies how to do that. Number one, uh, you've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional. Here in 2018, you've got to be intentional about growing in faith. That means you've got to commit yourself to being intentional about growing in your faith. You've got to commit yourself to regular worship attendance. Oh, sure, Sean. Yeah, you're a preacher. That's your job. Tell me to come to church. No, I'm not the attendance police. I always get worried whenever I run into somebody at the store, you know, who hasn't been to church in a, in a little while. You know, I'll run into you at the store, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've been busy. No, I haven't been around. It's like, what? Are, dude, I just want pasta. You know, can you move out of the way so I can reach the pasta? That's it. No, you've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional about going to church, about being part of the family, about worshiping God and spending time with Him in worship and spending time with your brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can encourage one another and build each other up. It's called edification. It's what we do. So you've got to commit yourself to regular worship attendance in 2018. And maybe that just means, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make it every single week. I'm going to try and be there every single week. And we'll be glad to see you. We'd love to see you. So strategy number one, be intentional 
about regular worship attendance. Um, Number two, uh, develop good spiritual habits and practices. Develop good spiritual habits and practices. And and this could be something um, like reading your Bible. Uh, Could be uh, praying on a regular basis, just actually doing it. Uh, and, and using your tools that God has given you. God has given you some tools that you can use uh, to grow in faith. Uh, and one of them, this is going to sound crazy, it's your smartphone. You can actually use your smartphone to grow in faith. What? It's true. Wait a minute, really? I can't? There's two apps I want you to check out, okay? The first is Version. It is the online Bible app called Version, all one word. And you can actually set it to remind you to read your Bible. And there's Bible reading plans. Uh, and it, it'll lead you through a Bible plan to read through a book or even read through the entire Bible. Version is available for both Android and Apple. Uh, also, or the other, and another one is Echo. It's the Echo Prayer app, E-C-H-O. And the Echo Prayer app uh, will remind you to pray. You can, type, you can write in your prayer requests and things to pray for, people to pray for, situations, uh, and it'll, it'll send a notification to your phone and remind you that it's time to pray. I get three of them every morning, the different people I'm praying for. And it's a great way to remember to pray. Until you develop that holy habit of prayer and Bible reading, it's a great way to use your, the tools God has given you. Or if, you don't, if you're not a smartphone person, put it in your calendar. Most everybody uses some kind of calendar to keep their appointments. Make an appointment with God every day until it becomes a regular habit. So make an appointment with God and tell it to send you a notification that it's time to pray. Or send a notification that it's time to read. Start off by reading the book of John. Here in 2018, read the book of John. Or read the book of Acts. Or read the book of Galatians, the book we're going to start studying next week here on Sunday mornings. Read the book of Galatians. So those are two strategies. A uh, third strategy is to join a connection group in 2018. This is going to help you grow in your faith uh, as a Christian. It's also going to help you grow in your relationship with other believers. And while it's too late to sign up for a connection group for this go-round, like I said, we're going to have a second go-round in, in March, and then we're going to have a third go-round in, in uh, September where you'll be able to sign up for a new connection group uh, in both March and September. We want, we're really dedicated as a church to seeing the success of these connection groups. Uh, and we really want you to commit yourself to not just joining a group, but commit yourself to your group uh, and uh, being a regular participant and attender with your group. So those are some uh, obstacles to growing in faith as an individual, also some strategies for how to overcome those obstacles. Now, for just a minute, I want to talk about some obstacles we may have to growing as a church in 2018. Um, and some strategies to overcome those and what we're planning on doing. So uh, the first obstacle to growing as a church is space. And I'm not talking like outer space, like the moon. I'm talking like space here at 202 West Pine Street. Because I don't know if you noticed this or not, but our parking lot is full every single Sunday. We have 64 spots, and somehow we get 66 cars in the lot. So I don't know what kind of parking Tetris you guys are doing out there, but we get more cars in the lot than we have spaces. So one of the things that we need you to do is if you can park uh, away from the building, if you can walk a block, park a block away so that we can open up spots in the, in the lot for our new guests to come in. Uh, we don't want to turn anyone away from our parking lot because it's too full. So if you can walk a little bit, please help us out by parking a little bit or carpool maybe, uh, whatever you can do to help us out, kind of free up some spots in the parking lot so that our guests can get in here and hear about God's amazing love and grace. 
Uh, we have anywhere from five to seven first-time guests every single weekend here. Between our two services right now, we have anywhere from five to seven first-time families coming in every single week. We're giving away welcome bags like there's no tomorrow, and it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, and, um, oh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it has nothing to do with who the preacher is or who the worship leader is or who the elders are, or who the deacons are. It has nothing to do, very little to do with the leadership that we got. It has everything to do with God's amazing love and grace and his power and his leadership in our church. And, and you know, it's kind of like a, a surfer who goes to the ocean and says, okay, ocean, make a wave right? That, that doesn't make any sense. And, and for a, a pastor or a, an elder or a leader to look at a church and go, grow, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, the, uh, a surfer has to go out into the water and wait for the wave to come. And when the wave comes, he's got to be ready. And what we as a church have to do is we have to wait on God to bring the growth, but we have to be ready for that growth when it comes. And one of the ways we're going to do that, I'll talk about in just a second when I talk about strategies, but I want to talk about two more obstacles first. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited, so excited for what God is doing here. It's amazing. Uh, so number one, we have space issues, uh, such as our parking lot, also our children's ministry area. I was talking to Pastor Joel this week about how packed our children's ministry area is. He's like, Sean, I got to do something. Uh, and so we're, we got, we're packed out in the children's ministry. We're packed out in here. We got people sitting in the balcony. I mean, it's crazy uh, just how full it's gotten in here. It's awesome. And so, you know, we, we have space issues. Another issue we've got, we have not only space issues, but uh, we've also got relationship issues. Now, and this is not like relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend relationship issues. What I'm saying is, is that we have relationship issues with, we have so many new people that it's hard to get to know everybody. It's hard to be, you know, this close, close tight-knit family that we used to be. And now we got all these new people, which is awesome. Welcome new people. We love you. We're so glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. We're glad you're here. But that means that we got to get to know each other better. We got to invest that time. We got to be intentional in our relationships. Otherwise, we're going to fall apart. We don't want to fall apart. Third obstacle to growth is funding. Oh, here we go. Sean's going to beg for money. No, not going to beg for money. Not going to beg for money in 2018 because God knows what we need. He, got, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And Corey Ten Boom said that if he needs to sell, them, sell a couple of them cattle, he'll do it. But we do have funding issues in that we're going to need uh, funding to be able to tackle some of these issues that we've got. And let me talk about the strategies that we're going to employ to help us grow as a church in 2018. First one, third service. It's coming sooner than you think, and it is coming. We're going to start a third service here on the weekend, and I'm really excited about it. And so what we're going to need some of you to do is commit yourself to coming to that third service so that we can open up space here on Sunday morning. And it's going to be, it's, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a Saturday night service. We're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. Um, you don't all have to come, but if we can get about 30 people, 40 people to come Saturday night for about six to nine months and just join us here on Saturday night, kind of make the building feel a little bit fuller, I'm telling you, it's going to take off. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be for families who can't get to church on a Sunday morning, who are working on Sunday morning, they're going to be able to come on Saturday night and hear about how much Jesus loves them. Uh, for people who uh, have a hard time uh, getting out of bed at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, you know, it happens. It happens. You know, people working midnights and stuff, it's hard to get out. I understand, I get it, you know. Or when you got 17 kids and you're trying to get them all ready to be here on a Sunday morning, you know, at 9.30 or 11, and you know, and this one's got gum in her hair and this other one is, you know, running around in his underwear and you're like, what is going on here? I just want to go to church and worship Jesus. What are you doing? You know, 
And you've never been there, right? You've never been there. Never had that happen. But maybe if you come on a Saturday night when the kids are already ready and the gum's out of the hair and they're actually dressed, you know, that'll work. It'll work. So that's one of the strategies we're going to employ. And it's, like I said, it's coming sooner than you think. We'll be, we'll be announcing that very shortly. I'm putting a team together to get it planned. Uh, second strategy is connection groups. And again, like I said, I don't want to belabor the point, but if you have not signed up for connection group, make sure you do that sometime this year because it's going to be transformative in the way that you live and the way that you relate to Jesus and the way, way you relate, relate to other people. And finally, the last strategy is we're going to give a giving challenge later in the year uh, where we're going, to, uh, we're going to challenge you uh, to step up in your giving. Uh, and I want you to know, uh, I'm not, this is not to brag, this is not to boast about myself or my family, but our family is committed to giving 1% more than we did last year in 2017. So we've upped our tithe uh, to a, another percent. Uh, and maybe that's a challenge you want to take. And, and it's a step of faith to step out and say, okay, God, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you even more. And I'm going to trust you that you're going to provide for all my needs. And he will. And he will. And so when it comes to this whole idea of growing in faith as individuals, when it comes to this idea of growing as a church, we must make a daily decision in 2018 to keep running the race as Christians and as a church. We're going to hit the wall. We're going to have difficult times. We're going to be running uphill both ways it feels like. And we may, be having, we may have struggles, uh, we may have frustrations, we may do this every once in a while, just bump heads, but it's okay. We're going to make a daily decision. We're going to make a daily decision in 2018, as individuals and as a church, to keep running the race. We are going to Dioko. We are going to press on and press forward and keep going into 2018. And we're going to see lives changed. Your life is going to change. My life is going to change. Our church is going to change. Our community is going to change. And we're going to change the world. We're going to reach this vision that we have to reach 1% of the unreached people of the Griffith Highland area in the next five years. We're going to reach that vision. And we're going to do it together. Because we're a family. And that's what we do.